the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yeah, I ended the previous segment by talking about this axe-wielding man grabbing the City of Columbus employee, dragging her out to her city-labeled vehicle by the hair, letting her go, smashing all the windows in her vehicle, and then smashing the computer on the front seat of the car. Then when the cops came, he spat on them. Now, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he has mental issues. That he's not just an extremely antisocial person. The possibility this person will be out on the street by the first of next week is great if you go by past standards in the city of Columbus. We have now a double murderer who I presume is still in custody, although I don't know, based upon his previous brushes with the law. Nothing seemed to be able to keep him behind bars. Uh, that person's name is Jonathan Pegram. He was arrested, well, he was arraigned Thursday morning. Talked to a friend yesterday who said that he used to go and eat at two restaurants in that exact same shopping plaza over on Cleveland Avenue where this double murder took place. This Pegram guy walked into the bar and just started shooting. First he had come in, he had been screaming, yelling, all this, okay, mental issues, and you date back his criminal record, oh, look, he had mental issues, and he was told that he couldn't have a weapon. Shocking, I know, that he went and got a weapon, even though he was not allowed to have a weapon. He had multiple felony convictions. A 2021 drug possession case shows he was given 36 months of community control or probation. In January of this year, he was arrested for, I love this, misdemeanor aggravated, menacing, and discharging a weapon. How is aggravated menacing and discharging a weapon when you have a long criminal history, a misdemeanor? How is that possible? Oh, it's Columbus, Bruce. And you know why it's possible? Because, of course, the preponderance or at least the percentage of criminals in the city of Columbus, whether you're talking about violent crime, or whether you're talking about youth crime, whether you're talking about car thefts or whatever, the percentage of people arrested relative to the percentage of the population is out of balance because in our poorest neighborhoods where crime proliferates, it is indisputable that there's a great disparity between the number of black citizens overall and the number of black citizens who are arrested and charged with crimes or convicted of crimes. And so the city of Columbus looks at the cold and hard statistics and, of course, hugs to its bosom the logic that 
if we have results that are racially disparate, then the policies leading to the arrests, the laws leading to the arrests must be racist. They have to be racist. If we're getting an outcome that is out of whack with the number of black citizens, let's say it's 20% of the city, and crime is 30 or 40% African-American perpetrators arrested, well, then the reason why we have more crime percentage-wise than citizens percentage-wise, the policies have to be racist. It can't be that those are actually like good arrests and that the crime actually took place because it might not couldn't possibly be other factors like poverty or drug abuse or prostitution or things that are supposed to be illegal. It couldn't possibly be that. It has to be that the policies are racist. So we can't put this poor guy, Mr. Pegram, behind bars and protect the two 41-year-old people that he shot, apparently, and killed and murdered. We can't put him behind bars because that would be racist. Eventually, this kind of stupid logic is going to filter down to every aspect of society and more people more people are going to be disadvantaged perhaps but perhaps also uh, perhaps not but perhaps also yes to the point where it costs them their life it's indisputable that the 241 year olds who lost their life in this bar lost their life because mr pegram was not behind bars that is indisputable if in fact he is found guilty of this crime but The impacts are not restricted to just people who end up dead because somebody murdered them who should have been behind bars. Eventually, it's going to impact us at all areas of society. If we continue to assume that, if we don't get the exact outcomes we want based upon racial percentages, if we don't get the exact outcomes we want, Well, then we have to change the policies because the policies are the absolute reason why we are not getting the results that we want. What do I mean by this? Let's go to the state of Delaware. The Delaware Supreme Court is lowering the passing score on the state's bar exam so that it can, and I quote, increase racial diversity among the state's lawyers. Now, Do we fairly often have a case where someone is convicted of a crime that they did not commit? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, that happens. What is the cause of that happening? Sometimes it happens because they were inadequately represented by an attorney who did not do their job the way an attorney should do their job, the way an accomplished attorney should do their job. So is it possible That if we let people who do not qualify to be attorneys by the existing standards become attorneys because we lower the standards, is it possible that more people might end up in prison because they are poorly represented by attorneys who shouldn't be attorneys, but they are attorneys because we've lowered the standards? I think that is more than possible. We see this across the country. We see it in medical schools, University of Michigan, and I'm sure Ohio State too, super woke DEI in medical schools. Oh, let's lower the standards so we get more whatever kind of doctor you want. Whatever your perfect breakdown of doctors is according to race, ethnicity, gender, whatever. We're going to cook the standards so we get the kind of outcomes we want. We might not get the best doctors, but look, 
we'll get X number of black doctors and X number of Hispanic doctors and X number of non-binary whatever doctor. If we don't get the best doctors, then we might get people who suffer because they didn't get the best doctor. But they don't think about that. Airlines are doing it, too. Airlines are, we're trying to hire more diverse pilots. Could we just hire more great pilots? When I'm flying, when I'm at 33,000 feet, I don't know, nor do I care what ethnicity or race my pilot is. But I care a lot about whether they can deal with an engine failure in the middle of my flight. Back to the Delaware bar exam. If you want to be a lawyer, kids, go to Delaware. The 200-question multiple-choice exam will be offered twice now instead of once a year, and the passing score will be lowered. The number of essays on the exam will be decreased from 8 to 4, and the number of essay topics will be reduced from 14 to 10. They're not getting the outcomes they want, so they're going to lower the score necessary to pass. The clerkship requirement is also being lowered from 21 weeks to 12 weeks. And the mandatory list of 25 legal proceedings that potential lawyers must attend has been shortened to 18. So they've lowered every single standard. Because, again, they weren't getting enough lawyers who looked like they wanted them to look. The chief justice of the Delaware Supreme Court, who, (laughs) look at this, began the diversity project that led to these suggested changes in the exam, says the revisions will enhance the competitiveness in attracting legal talent to the state. I bet not. I bet not. Here's my favorite quote in the story. The bar exam is not supposed to be a barrier to entering the profession. It isn't? I thought it was exactly designed to be a barrier to entering the profession. I thought you had to pass the bar to be an attorney. Well, we'll just lower the standards and then everybody can be an attorney. Oh, well, this is unfortunate. As I sit here and we enter the last segment of the show, I see a clip on my studio television from MSNBC where the second gentleman, Doug Emoff, the husband of Kamala Harris, is on MSNBC talking about toxic masculinity. Well, we all look forward to that on Monday, don't we? You can better believe I'll find that audio and have it for you. First of all, why do you have that channel up? I don't. I'm it's Fox sh- playing. Oh, it's Fox they're... playing a segment of it. That's what I wanted to yeah. hear you say. No, it's I Fox figured playing that was a segment case. of it. Although and once in a while, it helps to know what's going on on the other side of crazy. Give me that phrase again. Toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Doug Emoff, the second gentleman, uh, who was like open mouth kissing Jill Biden at the State of the Union address. Yeah, those Democrats—they a little freaky when it comes to marriage. This might be a good time for me to uh, check in on the condition of U.S. Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania, the uh, completely mentally incapable person who was elected by the people of the state of Pennsylvania because he was a Democrat, not because he could put two words together. No. Then John Fetterman had to check himself into the hospital in Washington for exhaustion. 
turns out it wasn't exhaustion. Turns out he's depressed. Funny thing about having a massive stroke and being forced to ignore your own personal recovery and being pushed out there on the campaign trail so that you can win the Senate for the Democrats, you start to think, you know what? The people around me might not have my best interests at heart. And that has a really debilitating effect on your mental health. So John Fetterman is now back in the hospital for his spokespeople, say, weeks to deal with the depression that he is suffering with. Depression is a real thing. Some people co-opt it and use it to uh, enhance their victimhood. I was having this conversation with some friends of mine here at the office this morning. There's somebody who has been doing that for a couple of months, somebody who's just parlaying their uh, supposed mental health issues into a national platform. But with John Fetterman, I think it's legit. When your wife and the people who are supposed to care for you watch you go through a stroke and can see that you can't process language and respond, and yet they shove you out on the campaign trail because we got to win, we got to win, we got to win. Well, you might want to know, where is his wife, Giselle Fetterman, now that John Fetterman is in the hospital at Walter Reed for treatment of depression? Giselle Fetterman, in her own words, posted on her Instagram this. One week ago, when the news dropped of her husband's hospitalization, the kids were off from school and media trucks circled our home. I did the first thing I could think of. Now, let's play fill in the blank, kids. Your husband's in Washington, D.C. You're in Pennsylvania. You get a call that he's checked himself into Walter Reed Hospital for depression. And they tell you, hey, Mrs. Fetterman, this is really serious. The senator is really ailing, and he's going to have to be in the hospital for a couple of weeks. That's what you know she was told on the phone. So back to her comment on Instagram. Now, let's play fill in the blank. I did the first thing I could think of. What do you think the first thing she could think of was? Jet, find somebody to take care of the kids, jet off to Washington, care for my husband. Right? Is that what your spouse would do? That's what my spouse would do. Yeah, take the kids to grandma. Oh, absolutely right. I got to, my husband needs me. My husband needs me. Now let's play fill in the blank Giselle Fetterman style. Okay. I did the first thing I could think of. Pack them in the car and drive. Okay, that's okay. Right, Bruce? She's driving to Washington. Oh, hang on. We drove straight into Canada. Huh? She drove straight into Canada, and they went ziplining over Niagara Falls. Hey, kids, dad's in the hospital. Let's go on vacation. Wow. That is the first. And she posted it herself on her social media. I shouldn't be surprised. Because I also hold in my hand a story on Giselle Fetterman, a glowing biography, well, a glowing feature story on Giselle Fetterman from from the Washington Blade, which is a uh, LGBTQ uh, news outlet in Washington, D.C. Here is how the story ends. Giselle Fetterman likes to share photos on social media with her six foot eight inch husband's head partially cropped out so that her shoes are visible in the frame. Self-absorbed much? She insists that their marriage operates with, get this, the unspoken understanding 
that Giselle is always right when there's a difference of opinion. Huh? You heard it. Their marriage operates with the unspoken understanding that Giselle is always right when there are differences of opinion. If I had that opinion, if I had that view in my marriage, trust me on this, it would always remain unspoken because if I ever spoke it, my wife would justifiably clock me on it. That's not a marriage. If you're always right and your spouse is always wrong, what a ridiculous assertion. On that latter point, should anyone long for the same dynamic with their spouse or significant other? Giselle Fetterman offers the following advice. Here's the quote. You just have to be really confident in your truth. Barf. Then you just like ignore him when he's speaking. This story was published in December of 2022, where Giselle Fetterman says, I'm always right. I crop my husband's head out of the picture because, after all, my shoes are more important than for you to see the picture of my husband, who's mentally compromised. And if he ever conflicts with you on something, you just ignore him when he's speaking. Are we surprised this person packed up the kids in the car and drove to Canada and went ziplining when dad checked into the hospital with depression? Oh, that would be a no on my side. Okay? Wow. Now, we had overnight a shooting. Actually, two. A 15-year-old boy is in Nationwide Children's Hospital, and a 17-year-old is transported to the hospital after shootings on Wedgwood Drive in Columbus. Not coincidentally, (laughs) I read this story from NBC4i. New data released by Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost's office shows a huge decrease in applications for concealed carry permits in the state. File this under the headline, Captain Obvious. Yost's office showed what he called a (laughs) predictable and significant drop in the number of concealed carry permits issued throughout the state. Can anybody possibly come up with a reason why? the number of concealed carry permits would have dropped precipitously in the state of Ohio. Oh, here we go. Uh, Senate Bill 215 went into effect June 13th and completely dropped the permit requirement to carry a concealed weapon. Shockingly, the process by which you gain your concealed carry, a process by which I have gone through, by the way, is not so much fun that people continue to do it after they are no longer legally required to do it. (laughs) Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.